the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast brought to you by BetMGM. This is our Group of Five Deep Dive. I'm Mike Calabrese, joined as always by Mike Ionello. We're back for Week 12 action, and we hit the Moneyline Underdog Parlay. That was that was certainly the highlight last week. I think, what, that's twice in a month now after you know a prolonged cold streak there for a while. So feeling good? It's actually a tie-in for my G5 Hero of the Week, but I'm going to kick it to you first, both for your hero and your thoughts on the regular season almost being over. Yeah, it's exciting. We're coming down to the wire. We have, what, three, two, at least two extremely good conference championship races. The American is going to be bananas down to the finish. We got SMU Memphis this week is a monster game. And then Tulane UTSA next week is a monster game. The Mountain West, all hell's breaking loose. That It's hard to keep track. I think we have, I think Air Force and UNLV are tied at the top. And then we have like four teams right yeah. under them. Three, three or four at four and two. Yeah. Like three, yeah Fresno, Boise. <laughs> and San Jose State, baby. San Jose State. I, I, don't forget, I have that Mountain West Conference feature from the preseason. So we're going to get some really, really fun, really good games down the stretch. I'm excited. Everyone's talking about the playoffs. This is where the real action happens. This is where the fun happens. So I'm so excited for the down the stretch. I agree. I'm excited, particularly in the Mountain West. That's actually where I'll turn for my G5 hero. Kyrie Robinson. Yep. I promised I knew this was a month ago when they started two and five, I said, they're going to win out. They're going to win their last five games. I didn't think it was going to be enough to get them into the conference title race. But at this point it is because that win over Fresno, they just absolutely dog walked the Bulldogs, you know, on Saturday that puts them in a position to have the tiebreaker there. Boise's falling apart. They're five and five overall. They just fired their head coach. They're in free fall. So now with UNLV and Air Force playing each other on Saturday, if San Jose State wins out, you know, I'll have to look at, you know, some of the advanced metrics or, you know, basically consult with our own Evan Abrams to be able to get a percentage odds. I feel like it's north of 80 percent if they win out that they're going to go to the conference title game. So Kyrie Robinson, my G5 hero for week 11, three straight wins, and he goes ahead and puts them on his back again. 19 carries, 200 yards, two TDs. And he's second nationally in rushing touchdowns now with 15. And as is, you know, my tradition when it comes to the G5 heroes, I like to go to their their roster page, their profile, their bio. His favorite actor, Denzel Washington. And I'd like to throw out a Denzel Washington quote here when it comes to gambling on college football. This shit is chess. It ain't checkers from training day because sometimes you got to back teams with losing <laughs> records who are kind of hiding in the weeds. That was the Spartans for me. I love you, Kyrie. I love you, Denzel. My G5 hero of the week. My man. 
Yeah, hopefully everybody else has the uh, that 15-1 that I recommended preseason, and we can have a little sweat with them. Uh, for my G5 here of the week, you're going with the team that's been on a hot streak. I'm going with the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going with Kavian Gaither, Sam Houston linebacker, who came up with the clutch pick six of our boy, Hank Bachmeyer. Two minutes left. Louisiana Tech driving to tie the game or possibly win the game. Sam Houston, Gaither picks it off, houses it to clinch Sam Houston's first conference win, first FBS win since joining the FBS. I believe they beat, what was it, Kennesaw State last week? Um, So they beat an FCS school, but first FBS win as an FBS program, first CUSA win. Gaither seals it with the pick six. I almost, I should have basically, I should have Hank Bachmeyer the G5 here of the week for throwing it as he tends to do, which we may talk about. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving it to Gaither and the Bearcats. Well, shout out to Kennesaw. They're going to be a part of our G5 deep dive next season. They join the FBS right in Conference USA. Go Owls. Also, shout out to Matt Mitchell. I believe he is down about 35 units betting on Sam Houston this year, but they finally came through with the win for him. So I'd love to see that. Mike, you know what everyone loves other than Sam Houston and G5 heroes? Compliments. And compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible and in very little time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles, and signs of aging. Enough said. Caldera Lab skincare. Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your very first impression and make it a good one. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making the solution simple in three easy steps. The Clean Slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day. The Base Layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And The Good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. Use code BBOC at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code BBOC at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with Caldera Lab. All right, it's time to get into the picks. And this is a team, you know, we haven't really mentioned all that much. Just kidding, New Mexico State plus 24. Diego, Diego, Diego. I'm not getting off this train. They are the second most profitable team against the spread in the whole country. Hey, Stucky, pull the car over, turn this off, put it on country or, you know, some other station, because right now we are talking about the Aggies. Guns up in Las Cruces. Jerry kills boys. They've already clinched. They've already clinched the Conference USA title game. What incredible work. They are higher in the S&P Plus ratings by Bill Connolly from ESPN than they've ever been in the history of their program. They're up to 66. Colin Wilson has even moved them into the top 100 for his Action Network power rankings at 93rd. And here we go on the road, on the plains, against Auburn, catching 24. This is interesting to me for a lot of reasons, because what we know about the Aggies is they're a fun rushing team. They're second in yards per carry nationally, sixth in success rate. The passing game is up and down with Diego, but they're 22nd in explosives, and they limit the big play on defense, particularly through the air, 37th in limiting explosives. But the reason why I like this, and I believe it opened in the market like 21, 21 and a half, it's inched up. There was some some buzz, some chatter out there on social media that Diego wasn't going to play. This guy is a warrior, and Jerry Kill said as much this evening. He said that you know he may be day-to-day in practice, and he was a little bit limited. He's going to play on Saturday. 
up against an Auburn team. These guys are not Warriors. This is a look-ahead spot. They got the Iron Bowl next week. They've already locked up bowl eligibility. What is there to play for and to beat the brakes off of an Aggies team if they do get an advantage in this game? And the other part of it is, why are we pumping up Auburn? They played Mississippi State, Vandy, and Arkansas in the last three. Ooh, what a murderer's row there in the SEC. So the fact is, this team is middling. I In my power ratings, I don't even have them in the top 40. So I look at New Mexico State surging at this point, playing as well as any Aggie team has in history. And the, the bottom line is, I'm a Diego guy. There's been a Pavia podcast from day one. He's a dual threat. What have dual threats done against Auburn? Jaden Daniels, 93 rushing yards. Jackson Dart, 44 rushing yards and two TDs. Diego's going to be able to move the sticks and extend a few drives with his legs. I think they get to 20, maybe 24 points in this game. I don't see Auburn dropping a 50-point nugget on this Aggies defense that makes you earn it. You got to go six, seven, eight, nine, ten plays down the field to score touchdowns on them. I think additionally, Auburn's going to keep things a little bit vanilla, try to save some of their best stuff for the Iron Bowl. Those are my thoughts. I know you're with me on New Mexico State. What do you think here? Look, at the end of the day, we're all human. And it's impossible, no matter how much, you know, modeling and numbers and mathematics you use, it's impossible to take human biases out of anything, really. But gambling, opinions, college sports, any sports, really. Everyone has biases for or against, (laughs) against stocky teams and players. We admit it. We love New Mexico State. We would go to war with them. You mentioned it. Pavia is a warrior. Jerry kills on the sidelines in full camo like he's going into Nam every week. And guess what? Me and Breeze are in the foxhole with him. And I'll be in the foxhole with him until the day we die. What did you say? 24 and a half? It's too many points for two teams who basically only run the ball anyway. You mentioned it. Auburn has nothing to play for. No reason to run it up. Auburn can't pass. They they just can't at all. So we know they're going to run the ball. And again, Pavia, like, if you're Auburn, you're going to hate Pavia by the end of this game. Where your your corners are just bigger, stronger, faster. You're going to lock down their receivers. They're not going to be able to breathe. You're going to have four ginormous defensive linemen that are bull rushing their offensive line. And Pavia's going to skirt through and run for a six-yard first down. And you've got to line up and play three more snaps. And you're going to be like, God damn it, I hate this little guy. <laughs> he does it every time, and he's the best. He's just going to find enough ways to make plays. And Auburn is not going to have any reason to beat them by 30. Bias aside, we're going to war. I'm with Diego because screw you. This is a little Russian nesting doll of New Mexico State bets. Inside of this best bet is a look-ahead line that is now on the market because they've already locked in that Conference USA title game meeting with Liberty. Jamie Chadwell, he's, you know, he's on Twitter, he's on X, he's feeling good about himself. Hey, I'm looking forward to the game. Forgets that the little location bar is at the bottom, located in Starkville, Mississippi, because they want him as the new head coach. I couldn't think of a better script to play out for New Mexico State to come in as a plus 450 money line dog to win a conference championship game than Liberty being, you know, without a head coach in a game like that, or with the cloud of will he or won't he, is he staying, is he going? I love that dynamic. So I've already hopped in. I'm hitting that right now. And I'll tell you this, if they give Auburn a four quarter battle and lose by, let's say, you know, two scores, this number is not going to be plus 450, you know, come Sunday morning. So go yeah. ahead on that look ahead line and grab New Mexico State. If you're watching on YouTube, look at our faces. If you're listening, listen to the sound of our voice. Who sounds like they're having more fun? The people in the Ponzi scheme or the people <laughs> calling them a Ponzi scheme and losing all their money calling them a Ponzi scheme? Because the Ponzi scheme 
is swimming in gash. Flim flam, Ponzi scheme, pyramid, straw man, bait and switch, smash and grab, tickle and take, jerk and jet, blow and go. A reminder that our podcast is brought to you by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a $1,500 paid back in bonus bets situation if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. It must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Mike, what is your best bet here in week 12? For my best bet, I'm staying in Conference USA as well. I'm taking Jacksonville State, minus eight and a half against LaTeX. You know, obviously James Madison has the biggest gripe because they are the best team in the country and they're the ones getting all the attention. Jacksonville State would have a pretty good shot to make the conference title themselves. Granted, they're going to lose next week to Diego, but if they were eligible, they'd be right in that mix. Rich Rod's team is 7-3. and three. They're 5-1 and one in conference play. The Gamecocks' only losses this year are to Coastal Carolina, Liberty, and South Carolina. They're also just crushing everybody else. Their seven wins have come by an average of 17 points. There's, they know what they want to do, and they do it well. They're sixth in the country in rushing yards per game, averaging 218 yards per game. They have 24 touchdowns in 10 games. Four players are averaging at least 45 yards per game. Malik Jackson is the lead back, but Ron Wiggins, Anwar Lewis have also been great. Obviously, we know Zion Webb with his legs, dual threat ability. Glottak can't stop the run. Just not even a little bit. They're 106th in defending the run, 104th at preventing rushing explosiveness. They've allowed 206 yards per game on the ground, more than five yards per attempt. In the last two games, they've allowed eight rushing touchdowns and 450 rushing yards. Just can't stop a nosebleed. And on the other side of the ball, the Glottak offense is terrible. My good friend, Hank Bachmeyer, is just a walking turnover. He is just exactly who you want to have on the other side when you're betting against him. Eight and a half, okay, as we saw last week, the back door is never open when Hank Bachmeyer is your quarterback because nobody trips going up the front steps more than Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> Jacksonville State's defense is ninth in success rate. They're 29th at creating havoc. They're terrific against the run. They're going to force Bachmeyer into mistakes. They're going to slam the door and leave him out in the cold. Give me the Gamecocks, minus eight and a half. I love it. We talked about it all August. This was a hot and ready offense, ready to come right out of the delivery vehicle to your doorstep, and the Gamecocks have shown up. And, and they're slamming the door afterwards. The yeah. So I, I, I love that. gives you an opportunity to have one more dig for your man, Bachmeyer. <laughs> I'm into it. All right. That does it for our best bets here in week 12. Now we go to our G5 high five, our round robin segment. We're going to give you five picks. Package them together however you like, by twos, by threes. Or if you're feeling really gutsy, go for the full five-leg parlay. The G5 High Five. Should we high five? High five! This one, I don't know, it, it immediately drew me in because the number felt a little bit too big. I got into the the metrics a little bit. I started to, to nod along a little bit. But this is one that I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put it into the Action Network app. I'm going to place it at my sports book of choice. Still never going to feel really good about it until the final whistle. <laughs> Georgia State plus 31 against LSU. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is um, this is this is a question. LSU could score seventy in this game. Do they want to? Yeah. Now they are going to want to get some big stats for Jaden Daniels, sure. But the opposite question here is: Can their defense stop anybody? Because they've given up seventy-seven points in the past two weeks, and that includes a game against Graham Mertz. This LSU defense is all kinds of banged up. Their secondary has so many, you know, 18 and 19 year olds running around. It's no wonder they're 105th in success rate and 122nd in explosives allowed. And Georgia State, even though they've had two or three bad weeks, they're still 26th in explosive plays. They still have the top rated rushing attack in terms of explosives. And with the A&M game on deck for LSU, I think there's going to be a mindset with a 10 win season still possible if they win out, including the bowl game. They want to keep people healthy. Let's go ahead and spot LSU 49 points in this game. Can Georgia State get to 21? I think that they can. I think that's how bad this LSU you know, defense is, particularly in terms of hitting the home run play. I think when it comes to SEC athletes against Sunbelt athletes, I'm not looking for them to be methodical and go down the field. I'm looking for them to hit a couple 40, 50-yard plays. And I think they have it in them in this game. So I'm going to go with a veteran backfield with Granger, with Carroll, and hope that they can get to three-plus touchdowns and that LSU gets some work for Garrett Nussmeyer. I saw right away you're like, LSU's going to score 100 points. So you don't have to beat this pickup, <laughs> but we're going to get the G5 high five started this week here. Well, Mike, Georgia State's not – they're out of the Sunbelt race, right? Officially? Correct, yes. That they, might they help can. you because then yeah. you don't have to worry about like, all right, we're down 40. Let's pull our guys and try to win the title. <laughs> that probably helps you. Yeah, someone who bet a Jaden Daniels Heisman ticket uh, a couple weeks ago. Part of me hopes that they just let him score eight touchdowns. So I'll be—I mean, I'll be rooting for you, I guess. From I'm far. facing Jaden Daniels in my college fantasy football semifinals, and I am shaking in my boots. I'm going to be a big Diggs fan in this game. I'm hoping that he pops a couple red zone touchdowns. So I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about this <clears throat> exciting Mountain West race in the conference championship. I'm curious if you're going to agree with me here. I'm taking UNLV plus three. I don't know what's wrong with Air Force, but. They just don't look the same. The planes have been grounded. They scored 16 points in the last two games against Army and Hawaii. Okay, Army, you could chalk up to service. Yeah, the, the Hawaii game, game but... was troubling. Absolutely. I, I, that and, repositioned you know, how I thought of Air Force. Zach Larrier got hurt early in that game in the first quarter. He didn't return. So I don't know his status. I, you know, Air Force has like nobody covers them, and you just can't ever find out any information anyway because, you know, it's like, Military secrets, I guess. <laughs> the national but, security situation. Yeah, it's like the DOJ is, is who covers them. Afraid that's classified. Top secret. Hush, hush. I think Larry's been hurt for a while. Because remember there was a report like four weeks ago he was out for the season, and then he just like played like two days later. Played against Navy, and they had that unbelievable cover situation where Navy scored and went for two yeah. for no good reason. Well, wasn't there like the a report yeah. that he was like out for the year? Yeah, I mean, and his coach, I don't know if it was true gamesmanship, but he's like, he's going to be out for a long time, and that long time meant nothing. Yeah, he, it meant mean, he didn't practice on Thursday. So, I, anyway, I think he's been dealing with something, probably reactivated it. I don't know his status. Emmanuel Michel didn't play. He's their leading rusher, their fullback. Their leading receiver also didn't play. I don't know how much that matters, but it's notable. He's their, at least the best of them, those guys. And even if he's one weakness is defending the pass. That's not going to matter against Air Force. They're 29th in EPA against the run, 126th against the pass. So that kind of nullifies their biggest weakness. And this UNLV go-go offense has been go-going since Jaden Mayava took over at quarterback. 11 passing touchdowns, three rushing scores. We know that they, they want to run the ball. Vincent Davis, Jaden Thomas, Donovan Lester, they all average 40 yards per game. 
This team has 31 rushing touchdowns in 10 games. They have the most rushing touchdowns per game in the entire country. And the Rebels only, like, I feel like people aren't talking about them. Their only losses this year are at Michigan and at Fresno State by seven. So we mentioned how convoluted this uh, Mountain West championship race is. So you, you, they can't actually clinch it here. But this game essentially punches, the winner of this essentially punches their ticket as one of the two teams in the Mountain West title game. This is a massive game. When I look at these two teams, especially, you know, over the last two weeks, yeah, sure, small sample size, but UNLV just looks like the better team. And the Rebels are 9-1 and against the spread. They're 4-0 and as an underdog. They've been undervalued all year. So I'll take UNLV plus three here. I think they win this game. I like that. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with this Marion offense. He is not long for Sin City. He is going to get a big bump up, big pay raise, either to a you know Power 5 OC job, or as I mentioned before, I'm floating it out there, I think he'd be a great pick for a G5 head coaching job. San Diego um, State grab him? Yeah, I mean, listen, who in the country wouldn't want to turn around you know, a, a bottom third offense with a hire like him? And he's been, you know, a dynamic personality on top of that. I think he's going to do wonders in the recruiting. So been a big fan of his. He actually, I reached out to him years ago when he was at Hawaii with, um, i trying to think who was the, who was that, that retread coach? He coached at Pitt and Arizona State and then Hawaii. Um, he used to have like the little Madonna microphone that went from like his ear right up to his mouth. Do you know the head coach I'm talking about? Todd Graham. Oh, when, I, yeah, I, almost when, said, I almost said, like, you're not talking about Todd Graham, are you? Yeah, Todd when Graham, he was oh. on Todd Graham's staff, I just reached out to him on Twitter and just basically picked his brain about the go-go offense, and he was great. And he responded, he's a friend of the pod at this point. So we're wishing him the best, and I think the UNLV play is the right side. Uh, speaking right. of, wait, we're on the Mountain West uh, job openings real quick. I mean, Kellen Moore to Boise State, right? That has to happen. That has to happen. I sure <laughs> hope it happens. It's like one of those things where, like, it makes two cents, right? Like, Okay, you know, Pete Dammel's tweeting a list of like 35 coaches that, you know, their agents told him to tweet out of who might, you know, <laughs> Texas A&M might hire. Yeah. And then the list of like possible names for Boise State is it's just like Kellen Moore. And then that's the end of the list. I mean, the West Coast has been a punching bag in the world of college football, the Pac-12 falling apart. We can't lose Boise State and have them turn into a bad program. Like get yeah, in there immediately. Because Brandon Staley's probably going to get fired at for the Chargers. And so like Kellen Moore... We'll probably like not have a job anyway. Exactly. So yeah, make it happen. All right. For my next pick here in the G5 High Five, you know, it's difficult. Sometimes you have to go against your instincts. Just kidding. Let's fade Trent Dilfer one more time. Navy coming through with the win last week, embarrassing the Blazers. No fire breathers to be found on the field for UAB. I know I've been saying it a lot, but it continues to be white flag season there in Birmingham. Going to go ahead with Temple plus seven and a half because they have the better quarterback at this point. They've been feisty with EJ Warner at QB. In his last three starts, they've averaged 30 points per game. He personally has averaged 385 yards per game through the air with 12 touchdowns up against this UAB defense that stinks. I, I can't stress how god-awful they are. And it's it's a mix. It's not just against the run. It's also against the pass. And the offense has kind of laid an egg in three of the last four games with 21 points or less against UTSA, Memphis, and Navy. That was how they were hanging around early in the season. Zena was locked in. The running game was popping. I, I don't know. 
maybe I'm the only one. I, I probably am the only one who watched the entire Dilfer press conference this week, as always. And he talked about people playing for themselves and being selfish. And he, he wasn't even saying this in a derogatory way. He's like, people are trying to put their best film on tape for the portal or maybe to be in a position in spring to have a starting job locked up. He's already gone. He knows that his locker room is gone. EJ Warner is a kid on the rise. You know, he's Kurt Warner's son. I think he gives Temple a little bit of hope when he's on the field. The fact that it's over that, that seven point key number, I'll take the hook. I'll take the owls and go with them against Dilfer. So you watched the press conference. So now they're three and seven. Correct. How ugly is his wife now these days? His wife, it's it's a double uh, grocery bag situation with his wife. So, yeah. I married a smoke show, and I have awesome kids. And she wasn't as hot, and my kids were annoying, and my food sucked. What do you have for the last two in the G555? I'm going to take North Texas, minus two against Tulsa. I know Mean Green didn't uh, cover for you last week against SMU, but because you had him, I've watched every play of that game. I didn't really hate what I saw. I, I think SMU is just really good. Obviously, we were also kind of half gambling. Preston Stone wouldn't play. He did. Looked great. This team continues to fight. Despite the fact that they just lose all the time, they still, like, fight. Yeah. And I think Tulsa just stinks. You know, they hung with Tulane last week, but I think that was more about the green wave. They've been kind of playing with their food all season. They really haven't looked that great. We could have some AAC conversation about, I think, SMU's kind of pulling away there. There's just flaws with Tulane. There's flaws with UTSA. To me, SMU looks the most complete, but that's neither here nor there. Tulsa's used four quarterbacks this season. I'm not even sure who the starter is at this point, to be honest. Uh, Cardo Williams matters. You know, no, it, it there's not Cardo a solution Williams, in that quarterback room. Yeah, Cardo Williams is probably the best option, but I think he's still hurt. Braylon Braxton stinks, but he he technically started last week, but then like didn't play. Kirk Francis played the majority of the game. He had Braxton threw six passes. Francis threw 34. Like you said, regardless of who it is, the offense isn't good. The defense is really bad. They're 111th in success rate. They're terrible against the pass. They're bad against the run, too. And North Texas's offense has looked good since they made the full move to Chandler Rogers. They're seventh in explosiveness. They pick up big plays. Terrific run game. Awadai, Oscar Attaway. Rogers has 23 touchdowns, just four picks. And he's dangerous with his legs. Macklin and Burns are both. By, by the way, if there was ever a group of five deep dive drinking game, it would be finish your drink if Mike Ionello lists off the entire North Texas running back depth chart over the years. Because I agree, they've had I mean, a great running back room for the entirety of our show for three years. But it's always my favorite. I know when you hit North Texas, I'm going to hear all those names. I didn't even mention Ragsdale because he's. I know. There we go. There it is. Drink it up, boys. Uh, Macklin and Burns are both really good receivers, too. and. You know, look, look, both these teams are three and seven. They're both not very good teams. But when you watch them, there's like, you can see things North Texas does well. They've also lost four straight games to the four best teams in the AAC. They've lost to Tulane, Memphis, UTSA, and SMU in the last four weeks. So they're at least doing things well. I think Tulsa's just bad. So give me the mean green, minus two. It's a, it's a lame duck situation. Well, not quite a lame duck situation for you know, Kevin Wilson in year one, I, I think they're certainly going to give him more time to put it together. But I don't know. I, I just think I agree with you in terms of the eye test as you're scrolling through all your games, the huge buffet of options on a Saturday. Oh, it's two, three, three and seven teams that are exactly the same. There's just more hope, you know, in the North Texas because North Texas at this point is a half team. They are a top 25 offense for sure. And they're a bottom 
10 defense. So at least they have that to hang their hat on where Tulsa does not. Well, I know a couple weeks ago we both turned heel and picked Power 5 schools. So I'm very happy between you got Georgia State and New Mexico Mexico State. State. Give me Southern Miss plus 14 and a half against (laughs) Mississippi State. I'm going to be honest, I really wish this wasn't Southern Miss because they've looked awful this year. This is a really good spot, I think, to fade Mississippi State, who I think there's a good chance they're completely checked out. When you look at the spot, this is a roster that is full of players who committed to play for Mike Leach, a cartoon character personality who runs this exciting air raid offense. And then their coach tragically dies in the middle of the season. And then they end up playing for a 37-year-old defensive coordinator who was wildly underqualified to get the head coaching job to begin with, but they wanted the stability who takes over and completely changes the entire offense. The entire scheme that you committed to play for is now gone. Now they want to be like a run first, tough, you know, no, that's just not what any of these players signed up for. So their team sucks. They've lost six of the last eight. Zach Arnett gets fired. The offense is terrible. The defense doesn't look good either for the, the defensive coordinator. I bet you every single kid on that team is thinking about transferring and trying to think about their options. And the ones who aren't, are probably because their, you know, lifelong dream was to play for Mississippi State. They grew up Bulldog fans, which means they're thinking about the Egg Bowl in five days because they grew up probably rooting, like, watching that game. I don't think anyone here is thinking about Southern Miss. They're thinking about either five days from now or where they're playing next year. And this is Southern Miss's Super Bowl. Their offense has been playing better over the last three games. They're averaging 475 yards and 32 points in the last three weeks, three games. So they've kind of looked like they figured it out. And by figured it out, I mean Frank Gore Jr. is back in his bag. He's averaging 180 yards in the last three games with six total touch or six total touchdowns over the last two game, three games. And the defense has issues, like I said. But the Bulldog offense stinks, and I really think that their offense is probably just totally checked out at this point. They only beat Western Michigan by 13. And that was before three straight losses and a fired head coach. So where is the mental, you know, aspect right here with the Bulldogs? Again, I kind of wish it was any other team than Southern Miss. But I think 14 and a half is too many points against the Bulldog team that isn't very good and is probably totally checked out. Well, that's two picks, the Georgia State one and the Southern Miss one, where I think I think these are the right sides. It doesn't feel good. It, it almost feels like betting the NFL where it's like, Am I really going to take like the Arizona Cardinals plus 11 points or something? Like, doesn't feel good. It, uh, hopefully. We got to ride with our guys. We got to ride with our guys. Yeah. And we haven't not had many opportunities outside of the first couple of weeks to ride with Southern Miss. So it's nice to get them back. No, one, in the no one's tuning in to the group of five deep dive to bet on the SEC. You're tuning in to bet on Sunbelt teams against the SEC. Now, I got a flag for a false start trying to get to the Moneyline Underdog Parlay early. I was champing at the bit because we've been hitting it. I think that's twice in a month. So I'm going to get started. Utah State Moneyline at home plus 140 against a Boise team that just fired their head coach. They've quit. They got players transferring out. Maddox Madsen is banged up at quarterback. So will he play? Will he not play? Is it Tylen Green? And he's so ineffective as a passer. Utah State, hand up. We talked about New Mexico State being this gambling darling and how we were right and, you know, pounding our chest. We were so wrong about Utah State. We viewed this as one of potentially a bottoming out G5 situation. They have been secretly good the whole year. You look at their losses. They're 5-5 and on the year. They got a 10-point loss to Iowa in which they scored 14 points. 
That's a major accomplishment against that Iowa defense. They lost to James Madison, the best team in the entire country, by seven points. They lost to Fresno by five points. And this offense is absolutely cooking. 73 points in the last two weeks, an explosive passing game, 16th in explosive plays. Cooper Lega is not somebody that we get all that jazzed up about, but he's done enough because his receiving core is electric. Royals, Vaughns, now Micah Davis, all of them together, I think you can make a solid argument that they're the best receiving core in the Mountain West Conference, and you can kill Boise through the air. They're 109th in explosives allowed. This is a rare situation for a very proud Boise State program that I think they're going to lay down in this one. I think Utah State wants it more. I think they've been on the cusp for much of this season to kind of having you know a seven or eight win campaign as opposed to potentially getting to seven if they win these last two. So I'm going to go with them. I think they actually should be favored in this game, the way that they're playing and the trajectory of the Broncos team. And no word on Ashton Genty. He's the guy. He's the one who makes this Boise team special. He hasn't played you know, since he had a lower body injury two weeks ago. I don't see him playing here. So I'll go with the Aggies. Yeah, uh, last I looked, Genty's back at practice. Um, but you mentioned you know, Madsen likely being the starter, and they've kind of transitioned away from green to him. Because he's a better passer. Well, look at this wide receiver room. They're, look at their three best receivers. Stephen Cobbs, out for the season. Latrell Caples, out for the season. Eric McAllister, already announced yeah. he's entering the transfer portal. He's gone. So who, who's Madsen throwing to? You better hope. If you're a Boise fan, you better hope Gene D plays because at this point, I would just go to green and go back to last year's offense. Maybe they will now. They fired Avalos. But yeah, I don't hate it at all. I couldn't decide on mine. <laughs> I keep going back and forth. It wasn't really any I loved, so I have two that I like, and I can't decide which one. So I'm going to do a little choose our first ever choose your own adventure. Ready for an adventure? Do you want to go with a buy on a bad team that's starting to play better and has a good defense, or okay. a fade of a good offense that's starting to wear down? I think I like the second one because I do think you see this a little bit more in college football where there, there's different factors. There's the physically getting worn down where you have some players banged up. Also, I don't know if weather plays a factor. Sometimes these like pass happy teams play. It, it's more of a order. it's more of a figuring out an unknown. Well, help me figure out that unknown because that was pretty cryptic. <laughs> You're not going to like it. I can tell you that much. You picked the wrong one for you. OK, let's hear it. Butch better have my money. Give me Arkansas State plus 150 against your beloved Bobs. I think teams are starting to figure out this Texas State offense. They've and lost mainly, mainly Joey Hobart was a surprise scratch, and that killed my over <laughs> against Coastal because he he's the best wide receiver they got. So yeah, Butch, don't kill my vibe. I'm ready. You know what? My I my body, my mind, we're ready. Let's get in with Arkansas State. I haven't bet him in man. I it has been so many years. I'm trying to remember some of their dual threat quarterbacks from way back in the day. I think that was actually Anderson as the head coach mentioning Utah State. Um, yeah. I'll look it up as you as you chatted up. It's been a minute since I bet on Arkansas State. Yeah, this this G.J. Kinney offense came out humming, but they've lost three of their last five. They barely beat ULM. The offense just has not looked dominant. Did you watch last week against Coastal because you had the over? Because I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I was looking at the box score. T.J. Finley had 11 pass attempts, and Malik Hornsby had eight. Did, did Finley get hurt? Like, what? happened there 
Yeah, it was just weird in terms of play calling. It was kind of like what they... like wasn't playing at all in the beginning of the year. Like Finley was like the guy. He was dominant. Like what are they now playing both or did Finley get hurt? I mean, this was one of those where I had it on mute. The the, the third or fourth screen situation. Yeah. So I'll have to go back in and look. It is worth noting. I searched that... on Twitter. I couldn't find anything that said he was hurt. I, when you search TJ Finley hurt, you just get 40 tweets saying, is TJ Finley hurt? And nobody actually said So it was not helpful. Um, but I think Arkansas State has just looked much better since they switched to freshman uh, Jalen Rayner at quarterback. He's got 14 touchdowns, just five picks. He's averaging 9.2 yards per attempt. Arkansas State is 23rd in the country in explosiveness, and Texas State allows a ton of big plays. So for a money line dog, that's kind of what I'm looking for is an explosive team that I think can break a couple huge plays and still win over a Texas State team that I don't think is as good as they were early in the year. I think teams are starting to figure out this offense. Like it was so different from what they were last year that I think it caught people off guard. And I just think they're tra- starting to figure it out. So Butch better have my money plus 150. Yeah, I had to go ahead and look up the last time I was consistently betting on Arkansas State and to get the player's name, the two-time Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year, Ryan Applin. He was the QB for Arkansas State. You know what he's doing now? He is the offensive, let's see, uh, passing game coordinator for Georgia Southern. So there we go. You know, keeping it Sunbelt, going from the West to the East. But yeah, it's been a minute. I'm ready. You talked me into it. Texas State without... Joey Hobart is just not as explosive. They've had these like down games. Let's find out what's going on with TJ Finley. Certainly if he's banged up or limited or it's Hornsby, I think this is definitely a play on for Arkansas State because they finally have a quarterback as you laid out. Perfect. Well, while we uh, quickly transition into that perfect segue into the cutting room floor, because the other one was Charlotte plus 115 against Rice. So I don't know if you feel bad about the decision you made now that you know which door... I think they're starting to look better under Biff Pogey. And JT Daniels didn't play last week. He's in concussion protocol. We've kind of seen it with Daniels before where, like, I feel like he, when he gets hurt, he ends up being questionable, like, way longer than you think. And, like, I'll be honest, I'll be shocked if JT Daniels plays again this year. I feel like that's kind of what he does. He gets hurt, and then he just, like, is out for a ton. Their running back didn't play last week. Adoviano is out this week. Uh, Bloomberg already said that. Boom Grin already said that. So I just think the Charlotte team's kind of starting to play better. Checks their Ivies been their quarterback the last two weeks he's a better pat oh they did their like four picks against memphis but they just took memphis to overtime this is another one i think rice is like really fading charlotte's got a good defense that was my other pick and then the one other one i considered troy minus 16 against louisiana i think troy's starting to get into that like just crush everybody mode so it's a big number. It's probably bigger than it should be, but they're kind of in a like just stomp everyone on the way to the conference title again. So yeah, I without kind of Chris, might... Louisiana doesn't have anything that excites me. I, I like that kid a lot. I, I hope that he's you know comes back from injury and can be really good next year. Um, yeah, when it comes to Charlotte, just I, I'm going to pull for him because I want some momentum into the off season so Biff can hit the recruiting trail and the portal so that next year we can really front load the entire season in the August preview season with lots of Back to the Future 2 Biff with the Gray's Almanac kind of references. So I'm hoping that they can become the New Mexico State, the gambling darling for next year, but they do not have the horses at this so point. You're happy, with the, you're happy with the choice? I'm happy with the choice. I, if you had told me you know, a month ago that we'd be closing down the season just about and I'd be ready to hop in the gambling wagon with Butch Jones... I would have said you're crazy, but you know what? That's the thing about it. Like I said at the top, Denzel put it, you know, plainly. 
the shit is chess. It ain't checkers. Sometimes you got to think ahead three-dimensionally. Just uh, be a move ahead of your opponent. And sometimes that means swapping out teams that you're fading that you're all of a sudden tailing. So I'm going to do it. All right. That's it for me and Mike Ionello. This has been the Group of Five Deep Dive under the BBOC banner presented by BetMGM. A reminder for all of the content that we are pushing out. Not only do we have the recap show, we also have the BCS, then our show on Wednesdays, then Thursdays, we have the full FBS card from Colin and Stuck. Saturday, BBOC Live with Brett McMurphy, Stuck, and Colin Wilson. I parachute in for G5 pick of the week as well. And on Fridays, just an exclusive on YouTube, Tim Kalinowski and I do college football player props, hoping to close the season at 60%. We're flirting with that number, so hopefully we can get some winners on the board down the stretch. All right, that's it for us. As a reminder, five-star reviews are incredibly helpful, and I love to hand out a free $10 parlay to our favorite five-star review, so make sure to do that. Hit us up on iTunes, on Apple, on you know all the different podcasts services where you're allowed to drop reviews in as well as youtube liking subscribing commenting it's all incredibly helpful thanks so much for listening guys we'll catch you on saturday over on twitter happy to cut it up with you all right take care action network reminds you please gamble responsibly If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.